So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to New Solo on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology consultant and trainer. For about the past 18 or so years, I've been helping lawyers and law firms use technology better. Today, we're going to be talking with Michael Chasen of Lexicata and talking about a CRM. For those of you who don't know what a CRM is, we're going to make sure and tell you. And for those of you who've been wondering if a CRM is something your firm might be able to use, maybe you'll know a little bit better after this show. But before I introduce Michael, I want to make sure and thank our sponsors, Solo Practice University at solopracticeuniversity.com. And of course, Clio, that's C-L-I-O, a great web-based practice management program that you should most certainly check out. Solo Practice University is a great place for solos old and new to go and learn about how to better run their practice. And of course, Clio, as I mentioned, is a web-based practice management program that is um, one of my personal favorites as a consultant. So I hope you go check them out. Hey, Michael. Hey, Adriana. How's it going? It's going great. Where are you today? I am here at the offices in Los Angeles. Finally got a lot of the traveling off my back so I get to actually hang out at home for a little bit. That's cool because I'm in Orlando, so it's kind of like a left coast, right coast recording today. I like to call it uh, least coast and best coast, but we can go with left and, be- left okay. and right all that. <laughs> nice. That's good. Well, uh, what does Jason always say? He says, um, we'll split the difference. There you go. Sounds fair to me. We can go ahead and <laughs> split the baby in the water. That's right. So listen, you and I met. Um, do you remember where we met? Uh, that had to have been at uh, what above the law. Um, practice seminar in New York back yeah. in probably like March of 2015. That's right. That was cool. That was their Converge conference that they did early 2015. And you were there, I was there, and you said something about a CRM. And I started to giggle and I said, a CRM? <laughs> Law firms and lawyers don't want to hear about CRMs. And we just kind of launched into a conversation about how I told you years ago, it was very hard to walk into a law firm, especially when they were a little bit smaller, and be able to talk about things like knowledge management, client relationship management. And they certainly didn't like the words marketing very much back then. And they definitely didn't and probably still don't like training that much. But um, a lot of that has changed recently. And I think your product, Lexicata, has come onto the market as what I've been referring to a lot lately as as the newest darling in law practice management. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what Lexicata is, and then I'm going to ask you a couple questions about how you came up with the idea and your um, history. But tell us a little bit about Lexicata and yourself first. Yeah. So basically, you know, I have a background in, in legal and business, kind of came from the world of entrepreneurship. I was always starting my own businesses and whatnot. And, you know, I have a JD MBA from Loyola Law School in Los Angeles. That's where I met my business partner there. Um, he was going to law school as well. And basically, Lexicata, what we are is a CRM. And for those of you who don't know what a CRM stands for, it's contact or client relationship management. So we're a hybrid between a CRM and a client intake software. So not only do we want to be there to help manage your contact, 
contacts and manage your leads, but we also want to help actually intake them into your law firm too. And we can talk about kind of the history of CRMs and why they really haven't been adopted in the, in the legal industry historically. But basically what we want to do is make the retention process super simple, super easy, super streamlined, and super organized, not only for the law firm, but for the client as well. So we're hell-bent on creating a great experience for the firm, but also creating a good experience for the clients as well, which has kind of been um, lackluster to say the least in the legal industry for the last, you know, thousands of years. Hundreds of years. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, little law firms, small law firms, and even mid-sized firms didn't really have CRMs. I mean, there's always sort of um, a do-it-yourself system that a lot can use, but big firms had, and they would spend thousands, tens of thousands of dollars on very sophisticated CRM systems. And they would, you know, I, I can't remember the name of the one product because it never worked. You know, I would, they would hire me to go train, man, even if I could remember it, I don't think I would say it out loud because it was so terrible. And I remember just going in thinking, why do law firms continue to try and shove this crappy product down the throats of these lawyers? They're just never going to use it. And it's not because I don't think lawyers would use it, but it was really a hard product to use and understand. And, um, you know, I really respect a lot of today's technology and practice management tools and services that have turned that experience into something that almost any lawyer can figure out, but also really enjoy using. And I think certainly in my experience with looking at Lexicata, that's what I've seen. So tell me a little bit about how you guys came up with the idea and why you're so hell-bent on making it a good experience. I think when we talk to startups, you know, especially young entrepreneurs like you and your partner, Aaron, the perspective that you bring into how to develop these products with a fresh mind and, a, and totally fresh ideas is really interesting and important to the development of these tools. Yeah, so I think, uh, so So first kind of how we got there, and then I'll kind of address like why we're so hell-bent on the customer experience, but how we got here was kind of interesting. Um, my business partner and I were, you know, again, we're both kind of entrepreneurs at heart. He came from the world of kind of building apps and games, so he has an amazing eye for design and kind of was a more embedded in the tech side of things than I was, and we, we used to play basketball. We were friends in, in law school, and we just sat down one day, and I found out he was doing apps on the side. I told him about my history of like building businesses and we said let's start something together and basically what made sense to us was doing something in the legal field right basically what happened was in law school we had all these friends who were lawyers right but not quite lawyers yet and then we had all these friends who kept asking us for referrals to lawyers but we didn't really know anyone and we're like if we don't know anyone and we're in law school then how is anyone else finding lawyers? And so basically right. what we did was we kind of built almost like an Airbnb or like a like an Odesk or, or an eBay, so to speak, a marketplace for law firms. So basically all you had to do was fill out a short intake form or questionnaire about your legal issue. And then lawyers in that practice area and jurisdiction would send you basically price quotes if applicable, right? Mm. Hey, I'll do this for a flat rate. I'll do this for an hourly rate. I'll do this for a contingency fee. And everyone had, you know, AVO, ratings were pulled into the platform and all this kind of cool stuff. And it was really useful. And a lot of people got a lot of value out of that. That's lawkick.com. It still runs. Um, and we still have that as part of our network. But we figured out the biggest problem was that two things happened. One, lawyers weren't willing to pay for the leads because they weren't actually converting the, the clients. And two, the clients were really unhappy because they'd come through a tech website 
find a lawyer, and then the lawyer would have a really crappy experience. They'd ask them to come in the office. They'd send them paper forms. They'd have to download things. Mm. It's the, the analogy I give is kind of like walking into an Uber, taking the Uber, and then the Uber driver asking you to pay with cash at the end of the Uber ride. You're like, <laughs> well, why did I take this Uber? It makes no sense at all, right? It's that you don't have that convenient, seamless experience. So basically what we did was kind of the traditional pivot from a startup sense is we asked all of our users, say, hey, it seems like you're having trouble converting these people and they're not happy. If we built something for you that would kind of help you do this, would you use it? And basically like 80% of our users, I think we had like maybe six or 700 lawyers at the time on there. And they all basically with open arms said, yes, I would love to use something like that. So hmm, basically we started with just intake forms and e-signatures, that's it. And then as we got better and better at that, our law firms would say, hey, I love this, but it's only allowing me to track from step two, which is once they're ready to sign up or they're already talking to me, I want to track them from step one. And it basically a light bulb went off on our heads. Like this is where case management's gone all wrong. It's great at what it does, but it completely neglects and ignores the whole first part of the lawyer-client relationship, which is from the first time you're introduced to them to the time you retain them. And that's kind of how we've become a hybrid between a CRM and a client intake software, because not only do we want to intake them, but we want to track them before they're ready to be intaked. Which is an interesting, you know, workflow. It's not new to law firms. I mean, that's what law firms have always done. That's what lawyers have always done, right? procure the client, secure the client, start working for the client, but they don't think of it in a systematic way the way you guys did. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's kind of where we are getting the most headway in the industry. And we can talk about this in a more, little bit more detail because it's something I'm really passionate about, but also something that I think is really important to understand why CRMs haven't been adopted, right? And so basically we- Well, yeah. Tell me what you heard. Like when you walked around and talked to clients and friends and lawyers and said, why haven't these worked? What were the answers that they gave you? Yeah. So we, you know, we integrate with Clio and we just did a webinar with Clio yesterday. And a lot of it, what it went through was, you know, going through the product and talking about CRMs and client intake softwares and things that you can use. And even after that, people would reach out and be like, I don't need a CRM. I don't have volume or I don't need a CRM. I don't do marketing or I don't need a CRM. I only take referrals. Okay, great. But they're missing the point. Well, except for when it comes to the holiday season and they want to send out a card. And now all of a sudden that CRM that they didn't need, they wish they had. And it's every end of October in every single law firm on this planet, they have that problem. So it's hard to find a lawyer who can actually say, I don't need a CRM. Right. Especially because when it comes down to it, if you're getting all your leads from referrals, you should be nurturing those referral sources. Right. And also they're missing the point that like, you know, it's very short-sighted to say I don't need a CRM because all that means is all I care about is what's sitting in front of me, not what the future holds. People don't think about, you know, when they're setting up, you know, I get solos all the time that are come through and I, this is a solo podcast, so it's perfect, right? So I get solos all the time and say, hey, this is great, but I won't need this for six or 12 months until I start hiring someone. But again, they're missing the point. They need to focus on building processes from step one. There are so many business people that you'll talk to, lawyers, 
you know, legal technology people, whatever it may be, who will say like, if I could go back and do it again, I would have set up better foundations, right? Because yeah. it's a lot easier, right? Any lawyer will tell you this too, right? It's a lot easier to build an operating agreement or a will or whatever it may be right the first time. It's going to cost you 10 times more and 10 times more time to go back and revise it and have to fix something that's, you know, kind of broken. So it's the same thing. Build your technologies, build your processes and build your firms, um, build everything around your firm as if you are a big firm, not just assuming you're going to be a solo for six months. I think a lot of, you know, misunderstandings or misconceptions is that the terms that we use when we're trying, like you use the word nurturing. That's a very typical term in a marketing world, in a sales world. Lawyers don't know what that means because, you know, a lot of us, a lot of them, remember, I'm not a lawyer. So when I say us, I mean the collective good. But, you know, a lot of them haven't gone through marketing classes and training classes and sales classes. You know, they're lawyers and they're serving clients and they're trying to do a good job and they're trying to survive. So I think if you could take a couple moments to just describe sort of what, and here's another thing I know turns lawyers off too, but I hear this a lot with startups and it's like the sales cycle. Lawyers do not like to hear the word sales cycle. And you know what? I don't either. I'm a consultant and I have clients, not customers, just like lawyers do. And so for me, I always have to remember to just twist my brain a little bit and and go, all right, yes, Adriana, you're a consultant. Do you have clients? But you have to apply these terms in a way that is comfortable for lawyers and consultants sometimes. So why don't you take just a minute and sort of describe the client intake process, which that's a term that's comfortable and you know, they like and compare it to a sales cycle, which is, I think, a lot of what you're trying to get lawyers to understand is important. Yeah. So, I mean, I think the phrasing of that might be a little off. Yes, I think it's important for them to understand a sales cycle. I don't think it's necessarily necessary for them to necessarily implement a sales cycle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a no one size fits all approach, right? One, a solo practitioner who does appellate work is probably not going to have a huge need for an intake software versus Good. someone who does, you know, criminal defense in sure. a volume sense, right? So obviously, you know, with the caveat said, right? So we're lawyers always do as caveats and disclaimers, <laughs> right? So, so basically saying that Yeah, cover your ass. Yeah, exactly. There's no one size fits all approach, right? You have to figure out what works for you, what your goals for your firm are, what you're trying to accomplish. So what I think people just need to focus on, I think the easiest way that I always compare sales is kind of like it's like a relationship with your significant other, right? You have to sell yourself. You have to get to know them. Relationships Good. aren't built overnight, right? It takes work. It takes effort. It takes energy and it takes outreach, right? So don't expect to walk in, meet someone at an event, exchange cards with them. And then all of a sudden they start sending you hundreds of thousands of dollars in business, <laughs> or don't expect for you to get on a phone with someone. They need a lawyer to draft their will. And then within two minutes of talking to you, they're going to be sold on hiring you. So there's a couple things to take into consideration, a couple statistics. Number one, the number one factor why clients decide to or to not hire a lawyer is based on trust. Okay. So trust is a really important thing that I recommend that you build into your quote unquote, whether you want to call it a sales cycle or an intake cycle, right? Trust is extremely important. That's something that we really found on law kick was having not necessarily a suit and tie picture, but having a, you know, a just nice, like, you know, business casual picture actually went a lot longer of a way towards conversion because they made them more approachable and trustworthy. Also, there's something in sales called the law of seven, which they say on average, it takes seven interactions between 
between you and a potential client to get them to build trust in you, right? So those two things, trust factor and law of seven. So the couple things that I'd say most importantly is don't make it an impersonal process. Make it very personal. Um, make it very warm. Um, I'm writing a blog for the ABA right now that's titled Why the Modern Law Firm Should Act Like a Spa. And I basically talked about like when you walk <laughs> in, right. you should have like, you know, if it's a hot day out, have a cold, wet towel that you hand them. He'll give them a bottle of water, have some nice music in the background, give Certainly. them comfortable stuff to do. Right? It's like so- when I get upgraded to first class on Delta, they hand me a warm towel. I'm so happy. What would I like to drink? Miss Linares, they know my name. Exactly, right? Not only are you happier with the experience, but you're okay paying more, right? We already charge so much as legal services. We can spend an extra $3 a client and have a way better experience. Why not do it? So that's one of the things. And then also um, just making sure that you're constantly communicating them. So again, the misnomer of like the sales cycle is you don't necessarily have to be marketing or selling people, but even having little ticklers and feelers out there like, hey, thanks so much for scheduling your consultation. Here's a blog you can read that kind of will get you up to speed about what you should know about when you get your, now that we're going to talk about your DUI tomorrow, here's what to expect. And here's a blog that you can read, or here's a reminder for your appointment, or, Hey, now that you've been into the consultation, here's what the next steps are going to look like setting expectations. So there's going to be different levels of quote unquote sales for different peoples, depending on what your practice is and what your goals are. But again, you shouldn't just look at it as the client walks in the office, they sign a document, they leave, I do their work and that's it. People need to start looking at themselves as businesses who are law firms rather than law firms who happen to be a business. And in the defense of many attorneys and law firms, there are some out there that are masters at this. Oh, yeah. Like total masters. I always appreciate when I see those. I'm not going to say it's all of them. It's definitely not. But uh, the ones that, that understand that and do nurture that relationship from the very beginning and throughout. I mean, you've got a client for life there and you've got a client that is going to refer you a lot of work, which is what we're looking for. If you have a type of law practice that has a very short shelf life, for example, or matters that have a pretty short shelf life. Listen, before we move on to our next segment, I'm going to take a quick break to hear our message from our fabulous sponsors. Clio is an invaluable software solution for law firms of all sizes, handling all the demands of your growing practice from a single cloud-based platform. Clio enhances your firm with features such as matter and document management, time tracking, and even billing. Clio is an effortless tool that helps lawyers focus on what they do best, practice law. Learn more at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University, the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors, What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. 
Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares, and with me today is Michael Chasen from Lexicata. Lexicata is what I lovingly refer to as the newest darling in the practice management world. As far as technology goes, um, it's a client relationship manager. Did you call it a client or a customer relationship manager, or it doesn't matter? I, I guess it kind of depends on what the law firm wants to count as sales, right? I, I you know, client, um, contact. I mean, it's really, contact. really what it stands for is so it contact. Can be client, contact, or customer. Yeah, exactly. It's or mostly mostly contact, though. Well, good. Um, when we left off, we were sort of talking about the importance of lawyers or law firms just thinking about nurturing relationships from start to finish and then continuing. I think this is maybe where we can go on with the conversation is continuing that relationship in a positive way even after the matter has been closed, right? Absolutely. I think this is the biggest oversight and the most amount of money that's left on the table by law firms, not only around the country, but around the world, because this is pretty consistent throughout. And especially if you're a new solo, this is the easiest way to build your practice without having to spend more money, right? So they say, so if you, you know, they do Harvard Business Review case studies on this, and they say on average, it takes 10 times more money or more um, resources to sign a new client than it does to keep an existing client, right? So because they're in the door, you want to make sure that you nurture those relationships. So for instance, you draft a will for someone. So I'll give you, this is is one example. You draft a will for someone. Most people say, Hey, thanks. You drafted your will. Okay, great. Peace out. I'm done. I don't need to work with you anymore. I got my $1,500. I'm good to go. Maybe I'll keep you on a mailing list or something like that. No good. What you should do is do some, one, you should make them feel like you cared about them. Six months later, hey, hope everything's going well with your family. I knew you had a baby on the way. Hope everything's happy and healthy. How is everything going? Just follow up with them. Keep in mind, you can set up these types of things through CRMs and mailing softwares and stuff. So you don't necessarily have to manually do this. You just have to set up. Well, and you shouldn't manually do it. I mean, I think that's part of the point of Unless you really enjoy it. I know I have a couple of great lawyer friends who, I mean, they love this part of their relationship managing, but most lawyers I don't think are necessarily like that. And there are certainly automated ways and tools and services to keep those relationships moving and just remind your past customers, hey, don't forget I'm out here. If you or anybody you know needs a lawyer, I think it's it's such a smart and easy thing to do. But it's not just about just, hey, refer me to other people. While I think that works, I think it's a little insincere and I think people look through it. What I always recommend is you know, giving them some sort of value, right? Hey, it's, so let's go back to that example with the estate plan. Okay. Set a follow-up for yourself. Hey, Adriana, it's been 12 months since we drafted your will. Hope everything is well. You know, life gets crazy. I know you're in a really pivotal time of your life. You're probably acquiring new assets and opening new bank accounts and investing in new properties. I want to make sure that everything's protected. I'm not just here for you 12 months ago. I'm here for you through the rest of your life. Come in for a free consultation. We'll sit down for 20 minutes or let's hop on a call and just discuss things and see maybe there's some other things that need protection. They look at it as like, wow, this guy is really nice. Yeah. He's thinking about me. He cares about me. He's giving me a free consultation. But really, obviously, everyone, right? as I always say, if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. If you're on the phone with them and they say, yeah, I did just buy a house and say, okay, great. Well, we need to revise your will. This is my hourly rate. It'll take me two hours to do it. Let's get this in there and make sure that your will is protected. And then boom, that one email that you set up a year ago that literally took you a half a second to create or to put into the workflow now just generated an extra $500. Not only that, but that that guy or that girl likes you a whole lot more than they did before. And then now that's a more natural referral where they say, hey, my guy's the best. Nobody ever 
everyone, right? Everyone says like, oh, you need to try this restaurant or you need to go to this doctor or this chiropractor or this lawyer. Everyone wants to be able to tell their friends, I've got yeah. the best guy and be like the authority figure of you need to go to this guy or this woman or this person or whoever it may be. And if you are that person to them, they will be your biggest sounding board to, to get you more clients. So it's not just about, hey, think about me for referrals because again, that's very like, I think of almost not dirty, but I think of, you know, a not necessarily organic way of doing things. Well, and I think, you know, I do too. I completely agree with you, but I think just staying top of mind for people and an occasional, you know, little blip on the radar is really, you know, what we're after here. So I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago. You said, you know, it'll take you two seconds to spit that email out and, or that communication and it'll be great. The question is, how does it only take me a couple of seconds? Because when I look at the workflow for a lot of law firms that I walk into, it's not that easy. It's going back, finding an old email or finding an old document and copying and pasting and then rereading it three times to make sure that we remember to dupe and revise or copy and paste or find and replace names and words. And it never really takes like two or three seconds. So I'm assuming that you're talking about an automated way to set a reminder that you haven't communicated with this client in a year and then having a canned, for lack of a better word, but personalized message that you can quickly send? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, the hardest thing about what you just mentioned isn't even like the time and energy to do that, but the actual coming to mind, right? Thinking, oh, it's been a year since that happened. I should reach out to them. I think that's the hardest part of that. I think spending the minute or two or five minutes or whatever just to send that email, yeah, it's time, time is money, but I never remember, right? I'm never just sitting there so bored oh, to right. the point where I just think back like, oh, right. let me think of people a year ago. So I think that's the biggest problem within itself. Okay. But um, first, before we talk about how to do it, let me explain what drip marketing is. That is one of those salesy markety terms that lawyers, you know, they hear it and they go, huh? So yeah, I think that's a great place to start. And most people who use Lexicata don't know what it is starting off and then they start using it and it's a lifesaver. But they have probably all been... Drip marketed, yes. Yes, exactly. I was going to yes. use the word of victim. It, yeah, <laughs> victim. I like to think, uh, yeah, I like to think, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. So so anyone, Clio, you know, anyone who it is, like if you're a software, you're probably drip marketing or if you're a technology, whatever it is, even a law firm, you should be doing drip marketing. Now, obviously, you know, I would be, again, disclaimer, make sure that you check your ethical rules to know what's kosher and what's not and to be able to send rules, and solicit. And spamming laws. I mean, there's a lot you have to do here, but Absolutely. Yes. Federal anti-spamming laws <laughs> is a big thing, but that's also why you want to use softwares that are going to automatically comply with those types of things. But drip marketing is basically the best way. I think the term came from the other term, drip irrigation. So basically the analogy would be a farmer or let's say you don't want to go out to your front lawn every day with your hose and water your lawn for 10 minutes a day because not only is it an inefficient use of water because you get a lot of runoff and stuff like that, but it's an inefficient use of your time because you end up spending 10 minutes a day doing the same thing over and over again. So basically you can do the same thing with marketing or marketing emails where you create a drip or a series of automated emails. So for instance, the exact example that I gave you, Adriana, earlier with your will that I drafted for you, I can basically create email templates, as you call them, canned responses, that are basically pre-drafted and have some 
what are called like merged fields, where basically like you put in high first name and it'll auto replace the name and stuff like that. So I can basically set up three emails, let's say over the next three years. One year after I've worked with the will. Hey, Adriana, it was great working with you a year ago. Hope everything's well. Have you had any like recent purchases I should be aware of that we need to consider for your will? Let me know. I'd love to chat. 12 months later. Hey, Adriana, um, you know, just wanted to check in again. You know, it's been a couple years. Any new kids or anything? I'd love to catch up and see how things are. Have you had quadruplets in the past year? We need to know. <laughs> Exactly right. Quadruple is that's the triple seven in the estate planning um, <laughs> in the estate planning uh, slot machine, right? You hit the jackpot when they get mm-hmm. the quadruplets. But uh, but anyways, you can set up stuff like that to automatically follow up with them. So for instance, another example is going to be if a client calls your office, right? This isn't as much like marketing and stuff like that. It's more about like, hey, if you scheduled a consultation or you didn't schedule a consultation, right? We as lawyers, our goals are always to schedule consultations with people. Hey, you know, I'd love to talk to you about your personal injury claim or let's say, let's keep with that draft a will. Hey, I'd love to talk to you about drafting your will. And then you tell me, Adriana, you know what? I just don't really have the money yet. I was just kind of feeling around for pricing and stuff like that. Okay, Adriana, no problem. Let's talk when you're ready. Most lawyers would hang up the phone and never think about them ever again. But again, Again, that's thousands and thousands of dollars, not only in immediate income going down the toilet, but think about the lifetime, what we in, in like business world call the lifetime value, right? Um, you know, lifetime value of clients. How much are they worth to you? And including referrals, extra business, those could be worth 10, 20, $30,000 to you. So what you can do is set up drip marketing to basically reach out to them again. Hey, Adriana, it's been a week since we got off the phone together. Just wanted to see if you thought more about anything that we're doing. And then you can start using what's called content marketing. Don't just make it about you and your firm, make it about them and their needs. Maybe include a blog. Hey, Adrian, it was great talking to you last week. I know you're not ready to make a decision, but here's a great blog that you should think about that'll help you, you know, keep understanding sure. what's going on. So you can do all sorts of stuff like so, that. And I think these are things that a lot of lawyers regularly do. I think, you know, the comparable word, of course, is a tickler system. Exactly. 15 days from now, 30 days from now, six months from now, we have to remember to reach out to these clients or past clients and just, again, nurture the relationship. Just, um, I remember I worked at a big law firm, like my very first job ever out of college was at a big law firm. And the term that they use that all the lawyers were like, what? It was cultivating. They were cultivating relationships with clients. So 20 years ago, it was cultivating. And it sounded so organic and nice. And so now, I mean, nurturing, it's the same. We still use cultivating, but right. The, the whole point is you're nurturing this relationship. And and like you said, I like the way you compared it to, to dating. It's, you know, and to forming relationships. It's just something that you gently nudge along and just remind people that you're there and you're good and you did a good job for them. So what kind of stinks is that we're a little bit out of time, but I just want to give you maybe a couple extra minutes to tell us a little bit about Lexicata itself and how it works and how it addresses all of the issues that you just described and, um, you know, reasons someone might look at Lexicata or CRM in general. Wait, and I do want to say this because I say this all the time and I'm not saying this because I like you and your product, Michael. I'm saying this because I tell lawyers this all the time. When you are looking for a tool or a service that you want to help grow your business and make it successful or just keep your successful business going. And there are choices between legal specific and consumer based or business based that aren't geared toward legal. I always encourage lawyers and law firms to look toward services that were built 
by and or for lawyers. So I have a lot of people that are going to say, well, Adriana, why wouldn't I use Salesforce or Constant Contact or MailChimp? And not that those aren't great services, but tell me a little bit about why choosing or looking at a product like Lexicata when I'm reviewing products that's built specifically for lawyers by lawyers is important. Well, I think that's a great question because it actually circles us back to what we forgot to talk about at the beginning is why why CRMs haven't been adopted in the legal industry. Um, I think the reason why our software has taken off the way that it has in the last couple of years is because we understand the industry. We understand the needs and we're not just a CRM. We use a CRM at Lexicata. Clio uses a CRM. Microsoft uses a CRM. Enterprise companies use CRMs because- Big law firms, small law firms, and mid-sized law firms also use CRMs. They do. But when I say, when I use the term CRM, so this is kind of becoming a little bit of a misnomer in our industry, and I'm seeing this take place right before my eyes. A lot of people will call a CRM a pure CRM, but- Again, we're kind of redefining the term CRM for legal because we're including a lot of intake components in there. So when you look at the traditional CRM, like a Salesforce or an Infusionsoft or um, whatever it might be that lawyers might be using, they're not geared towards lawyers, which means they're geared towards enterprise companies, which we Which also means they require a lot of tweaking. Oh, a ton. And and that's hard if you're not a lawyer or you don't have someone who's going to dedicate time and development time to these products. So that's really my whole point is when you pick a product that's geared toward legal, it's going to save you a lot of tweaking time. And I could give 40 examples in legal about this. So go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, it's like saying it might be a bad example, but it's kind of like saying I need a vehicle to go to and from work. I really only need two wheels, but I'm going to buy this four tire car, cut off, you know, 90% of it and use it like a motorcycle. That's pretty much what people are doing with things like Salesforce, where there's this insanely massive, amazing product, which is super useful, but they don't need 99% of it. And, but I could talk about a hundred practice management programs and tools that I've seen in law firms. And I say this all the time. I go, look, you're buying a space shuttle and what you really need is a jet, right? Like you do not need a space shuttle because you're never going to use all of the components, pieces, and parts that a space shuttle has to offer. So that's not that a space shuttle isn't awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want a space shuttle? But you don't (laughs) don't need a space shuttle. shuttle. (laughs) You really need a jet engine plane. Yeah. So two problems arise with that, Adriana. Not only one is the space shuttle isn't built for you, which means it's going to be really difficult to use and take a lot of time and a lot of investment of energy. But two is you're paying for all the parts in the space shuttle, whether you're using it or not, right? It's like, uh, you know, again, do you need a Honda or do you need a Bentley? Go buy the Bentley, fine, but you're going to drive in it the same way you do as a Honda. It makes no sense to get it. Right, to go half a mile to work every day and back. Exactly. It makes no sense. That being said, you obviously don't, you want to drive, you know, a nice car, not a, you know, a piece of crud. So you still want to make sure that is, right? So obviously yeah. I'm not saying that our CRM is so basic that you don't, no, but no, again, it's, it's very different. It's a different, if it's a different value proposition, again, we focus a lot on the workflow of things. So for the people who say, I don't need a CRM, they're used to the traditional word CRM as in an enterprise tool that's only going to focus on marketing, where we focus a lot more on the workflow. Um, so we have things like online intake forms you could build so your clients can submit information to you online rather than sending them PDFs, Word docs, or doing paper forms. Um, you can also do e-signature is included on Lexicata. You don't have to pay for it. So if you want to sign, you know, e-sign a document online, 
online, you could get that done. We have document automation to automatically generate things like HIPAA compliance forms. And you integrate with Clio, which is one and of my favorite. And we integrate with Clio. So right. for a lot of people who use case management, a lot of what people refer us to is kind of like pre-case management software. So case <laughs> management handles the case. We handle everything leading up to the case. And do you integrate with anything else outside of Clio? Currently, we only integrate with Clio. Unfortunately, the legal technology market is a little bit behind the time. So Clio is one of the only ones that has an open API right. um, that can work. Actually, work. in the podcast just before yours here, um, I did speak with Jack Newton, the CEO of Clio. And, and I talked specifically about that, that one of the things that's interesting about Clio is their open API that allows tools like yours to plug in to theirs in all the right places. So yeah, you're right. And I do like the fact that you said, Unfortunately, because I would like to see a lot of the other modern tools that I'd love to talk about and am friends within the industry have an open API to make it, you know, easier for lawyers who are using different tools to use tools like yours. So, all right. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that inherently, I think this is a, a conversation for a different day, but I think that's inherently the current problem with the legal technology space. I think we are so far behind the times when you consider like other industries, um, like, you know, obviously medical is like pretty far behind, but, you know, we're pretty far behind. I think it's because nobody works with APIs. If you look, you know, we came from the startup world where we were doing like a marketplace and we were in TechCrunch and those, you know, standard things that you imagine that we don't really care about now because, you know, Lawyers aren't really reading TechCrunch that much, um, but these, but people are, you know, everyone works together, right? You know, when you go to log into, you know, when like Uber drivers, right, are trying to go through Uber, they still use Google Maps or Apple Maps. Uber sure. didn't try to build their own map system. It's the same way yeah. how Clio is extremely smart that they said, we're going to build a platform. We're not going to try to build a CRM and client intake software. We're going to let someone else do it who's a lot smarter, a lot better, a lot more nimble, and is an expert in this field. Right. So that's so that's the one thing that I'll kind of give as a recommendation or a, a warning to new solos is be wary of softwares that try to do everything. Because as they say, a jack of all trades is an expert is nothing. So you end up doing a lot of things at a very shallow level, which works for you really well for the first six to 12 months of practice. But once you start adding people and once you need more power, it's impossible to switch off of it and you have to re completely scrap your entire system and start for the ground up. So look for companies like Clio that have APIs that other companies can build because if you know you don't like an element of the platform, you can use someone else's rather yeah. than being stuck on one single software. That's great advice, Michael. Listen, we've rattled on like you and I usually do for far too long, but it, this has been great. I'm sure I'm gonna have to invite you back to talk about some other great and important things. Before I let you go though, let everybody know how they can learn more about Lexicata and find friend and or follow you and or Lexicata out there on the internet. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want information on Lexicata, you can just go to lexicata.com spelled L-E-X-I-C-A-T-A, -A, Lexicata. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We have a great blog. Um, so you could go blog.lexicata.com. Tons of great articles, especially we really cater it. Towards, you guys like, do do a lot of good work on content. Yeah, that's yes. all Aaron. Aaron's an yep. amazing Aaron, writer. He's the and, man. And we You're get just a the very... face of the company. Aaron's just, <laughs> he's the machine behind it all. <laughs> he's the better looking face behind the face is Aww. what he is. Uh, but yeah, so lexicata.com, you can follow us at Lexicata. Or if you want to find me on LinkedIn, I post all of our blogs there. And you can you know interact with me there. Uh, I'm Michael Chasen, C-H-A-S-I-N. Great. Thanks, Michael. And I think you mentioned that you might have a promo code available for our listeners if they wanted to check out Lexicata. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, if you go and book a demo on Lexicata or if you're doing a demo and make sure that you mention that um, you heard us on Legal Talk Network's new solo podcast. Um, also, if you use the promo code LTN solo when you're booking your demo, there'll be a place to redeem your coupon and that will be good for $50 off an annual subscription. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, one more thing. Of course, I should ask you about pricing. Everybody wants to know about pricing, and I think your pricing is pretty transparent. Can you tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So pricing is going to be determined by two main factors. One is going to be the number of users that you need, and then two is going to be whether you want to do a monthly or an annual plan. If you want to do the monthly plan, which has no contract or anything like that, also no tiers, so you get unlimited of everything with, with this, is going to be $49 um, for the first user per month, and then only half the price or $25 for each additional user. If you want to do the annual plan, which does come with a 30-day money-back guarantee, um, and it's going to be about $40 for the first user per month and $20 for each additional user per month, so you save about 20% if you do the annual plan. Awesome. Well, that sounds pretty reasonable. Well, thank you so much, Michael Chasen of Lexicata. That brings us to the end of our show. For all you listeners who'd like to learn more about what you've heard today, make sure you visit New Solo on thelegaltalknetwork.com. And of course, make sure you follow us on iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. You can always find me on Twitter at Adriana L. That brings us to the end of our show. I'm going to go and get out and work in my garden before a good summer storm lands in Florida. So thank you for listening. Join us next time. And don't forget, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.